Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. service. Thank you for lives that you are proposed to change because of today. Thank you for the testimonies from our brothers and sisters. Thank you for everything you've done so far. I come in the next few minutes to your hand and I ask in Jesus' name that you will speak through me. I pray in the name of Jesus that I will be able to speak your word accurately. I'll be able to speak your word precisely in a way that will be a blessing to your people so that Jesus will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. You know, when I was, when I first became a pastor, one of my greatest fear is, where am I going to get words to say every Sunday? I mean, I used to be a minister. I will preach every once in a while once a month, once in two months, you know, that was easy, right? Uh, you get a few months to be able to prepare for a message. Now that you're the pastor, what, what do you, you got to come up with something every, every, and it has to be from the Lord. It has to be fresh. It has to be something. I mean, especially around Christmas, Easter, is the same thing every year. Same story, the birth of Jesus. Amen. But I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Spirit has uh, it's been 13 years now, or going on 14 years. God has been faithful. He always gives his word. Uh, he always has a word for his people. One thing I've learned is God is not talkative, but he has a word for us. All right? His words, have, they have weight, and he's always speaking. If we learn to... Just listen to him and learn to be attentive and learn to be able to wait on him. He has a word. And I believe he has a word uh, for somebody today. He has a word for us today. The word of God might be very simple, uh, but, you know, when we open our hearts, they are very, very powerful. Uh, Most of the words that have changed history have been very simple words. Let my people go. That's what Moses said. Not a lot of preaching, not a lot of sermonizing, not a lot of exegesis. It was just a word from the Lord telling Pharaoh, let my people go. I'm sure Pharaoh ran around, said everything. I think Moses came back to that same word. The Lord says, let my people go. And I believe the Lord has a word for someone today, and the word is to let us know that he's with us. And the number of people here who feel like God is far away. You feel so far away from him. You feel like he's far away from you. The Lord wants me to let you know that he's with you. And I believe that is what Christmas represents. The story of Christmas is a story, and I think it's ultimately to let us know that God is with us. 
You see, that is one thing that was really missing from the old covenant. God has always been the same. He's always been God. He didn't change. Uh, but the God of the Old Testament was really, by all accounts, a God that was far away. All right? It was a God that was distant, very distant. Yes, he manifested himself, but he was still distant. Yet, he was involved, but he was still a stranger to people. In fact, he was so much a stranger, people ran away from him. When Moses was going to go see God on the mountain, even the manifestation of the presence of God was so scary. People said, we can't touch it. If we touch him, we're going to die. Uh, that was how people felt about God. God will care for them. God will love them. God will rescue them from the Egyptian. Yet people still feel they are far away from him. He was present because the Bible says he was present with them. It was like a pillar of cloud during the day, pillar of fire at night. But he was still not a relatable God to them. It was scary. That was what we knew of God. He was available but unapproachable. That was the God of the Old Testament. Then something changed when Jesus came. Jesus came to let us know that he is with us. Amen. And that is the story. God finally figured it out. Not because he didn't know, but he wanted us to really realize, you know, that he's with us. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And that was a fulfillment of a prophecy. And that's what we just read in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. It was a fulfillment of prophecy that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. That son is not just a son of God. He became a son of man. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is here with us. And I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know how you feel. I don't know what is going on in your life, your feeling, your circumstance. And that's God's message for you that he is Emmanuel. He is with you. The very, very strange thing that you will see when you read the Bible is uh, when God finally showed up, then people couldn't even recognize him. Wasn't that, that was the strange thing about the story of the birth of Jesus Christ. I mean, God became man and came to us. The Bible says, John put it as the word became flesh, right? And came and dwelt among us. The sad thing was, even though he came, the Bible says he came to his own and his own did not even know him, know him rejected him. Hallelujah. That was the tragedy of the story of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, even though he's with us, we miss him because somehow we don't even know how to discern him. And that was the, that was the story. They didn't know how to discern him. Now, before Jesus showed up, historically, Israel had experienced 400 years without the voice of God. There was between the book of Malachi, which was the last book in the Old Testament, and the first book on the birth of, I mean, and the coming of John the Baptist, there were 400 years where Israel went without a prophet, without the voice of God, and it was a very dark period in the nation of Israel. I mean, it was a time when they were in captivity. They were in captivity with the Greeks. They were in captivity with the Egyptians. They were in captivity with the 
with all kinds of uh, nations. Finally, about 63 uh, uh, B BC, the Israel went into captivity under the Roman Empire. Roman Empire took over and began to govern them. So it was a, was a very tough period. It was a period where it was almost as if they've gotten used to God not being there. They didn't even know how to recognize God anymore. They've gotten used to his distance. They got, they've gotten used to God not being there for them. They felt so abandoned. They felt so oppressed. It was a low point in the nation of Israel. It was a time when they were oppressed. I mean, they had the history, they had the legacy, they had the books to read, they had the laws to read, but those things just looked like something that happened many, many years ago. That God was no longer there. That God was no longer real to them. You know, so when God showed up, they couldn't even know him. They couldn't recognize him because they were now used to God not being there. It was 400 years of silence, you know, that they experienced. 400 years. So sometimes, you know, the time doesn't always seem right. It doesn't always look like God is there. He looks like everything is a chaos around us. It looks like, you know, we're used to just being on our own, just struggling. We're used to our challenges, our problem, our dryness. So even though Jesus showed up, most of them, they were not able to recognize him. It was a time of captivity. It was a time, it was a tough time. To cap it all, God showed up in an unassuming way. In a way that was so strange, right? Showed up like a baby. Showed up like nobody. You know, they, if he was going to show up, they expected him to come in some ways, that was grandiose. They expected him to show up as a king. They expected him to show up from some royal, royalness in a way that they can be proud of. And that's why Isaiah said there was no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Even though God won them. The funny thing is Isaiah 53 was written hundreds of years before them. And he told them this was going to happen. He had no beauty or majesty to attract him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Look at how he put it. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people he hide their faces and was despised. And we held him in low esteem. And that was, that was how God was treated when he finally showed up. John put it this way in John chapter 1, verse 11. He came to that which was his own. He came like them, but his own did not receive him. But thank God to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right and the power to become children of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when you read the story here, it's a, it's, it's a drama, you know, as it plays out, it's, it's just a story of lack of recognition. And that was what Jesus went through, even from his birth. If you go to Luke chapter 2 and read the story of his birth, you know, the Bible says he gave back to his firstborn, he wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available to him. Even the Son of God had no place 
among his people. There was no guest room. There was nothing. He was locked out, sorry. I mean, how do you, how, I mean, why couldn't someone give up their room? I think I will give up my room for someone that is about to give birth to a baby. I mean, doesn't that feel strange for you? I mean, this is an hotel. I mean, how is it possible that the person at the reception rejected a woman that was about to give birth to a baby? And the answer is, oh, no, we have no room. We're sorry. I mean, there's no place. I mean, there's no extra room somewhere. There's no way to help you. There's no, let's, let's just do it this way. There's no, it was rejected. So the son of God, God became man, was so rejected by the people he came to save. And Jesus was born in the manger. People couldn't recognize him. Except a few. The shepherds. The lowly people. The people that was... Nobody cared about shepherds. Who cared about shepherds? I mean, they were not people. They were not, you know, they were not the best of us. They are just people who keep sheep, you know. And the Bible says there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flock at night. So the angel chose the shepherd to announce because the people he came for, they didn't care, you know. And he announced to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around him, them, and they were terrified. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I will bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. How difficult must have been, it must have been to believe by those shepherds. I mean, how difficult, you know, to just even believe, to believe the announcement coming from the angels, announcing the birth of the Messiah, who was here to save the world. The birth of God became man, and he didn't say you're going to go to Hilton, you know, room 305, uh, to meet him. And he said, you're going to find him wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. So you see God lying in a manger. But thank God the shepherd recognized him. So, this, so it's, it's not so much about God being with us. It is so much about us recognizing his presence. And my prayer for you this season is that you will recognize his presence. Because in the midst of all this, People who wanted to recognize them. The shepherd who believed recognized his presence. Every other person didn't. God is with us. He's Emmanuel. He's with you in your challenges. He's with you when you're alone. Is with you despite what you have gone through. Might, might have been a very rough year. Maybe you're like Israelites, wondering, I mean, 400 years of this. I've gone through tough time. It's been a rough year. Got a text from one of our sisters yesterday. He said, it's been a very difficult year. You know, even in the midst of all that, the Lord wants me to assure you, he's still there. Because he is the very present help. In time of trouble. And he's always been present. 
God's story is the story of God who is ever present, who is ever engaged, who is ever interested, who is always after us, who is always for us, who is never against us. Nothing can turn his backs against us. Nothing can weaken his interest, his desire from our welfare, from whatever we're going through. But something keeps us from recognizing. Something keeps us from being able to discern his presence. And my prayer for you this season, and our prayer that we're going to pray is we will be able to discern his presence. People who are blessed with that gift of discernment, the shepherd knew that was the Christ. And they went there, and they saw him. They knew. There's another group of people, Matthew recorded them. They are called the Magi from the East. I mean, they were foreigners. They came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of Jews? We saw a star when it rose and have come to worship him. I'm praying that we will be like the shepherd. We will be like the major. We will recognize his presence. The problem is never about the presence of God. He's with us. He's always about our ability to recognize him and accept him. Sometimes he comes in an unusual way. Most times he comes when we are the way we are not expecting. Sometimes he comes in those seasons when he looks like he's absent. I am praying that we will never, we will not miss our day of visitation. I want us to bow down our heads and pray. I want you to ask, pray, that God, I will not miss you. I will not miss my day of visitation. I will not miss you, my God. Make me like those shepherds. No matter how crazy it looks like, you're going to see him in the manger lying there. I'm going to be able to believe. The Bible says he came to his own. His own did not receive him, but yet all who did receive him. Lord, make me a receiver. Give me a discerning heart. Open my eyes of understanding. Let me be able to recognize your visitation, recognize your activity, recognize what you're doing. See what you're doing in my life. See what you're doing around me. So I will not be like the Israelites. Majority of whom miss the coming of the Son of God. My Father, my God, I am praying in the name of Jesus that none of us will miss your visitation. None of us will miss your appearance in the mighty name of Jesus. I'd like to make an auto call for someone here. Someone here, if not fully, I want all heads bowed. If not fully giving your life to Jesus. Yes, you come to church, you dress nice, but you cannot say, if I die today, I'm going to spend my eternity with Jesus in heaven. 
I mean, that's a serious thing if you're not able to confidently say that. The good thing is you can if you're going to make a decision. It takes a decision, and you can make that decision today. I'd like you to wave your right hand if you're here. You're that person. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me. I want to be sure that I will spend my eternity with Jesus in heaven. Just lift up your right hand. I'm going to give you a few seconds to make that decision. I don't want you to leave this place without Jesus in your heart, without knowing fully. God bless you. God bless you. There, there could be somebody else. I want to give you 10 seconds. There might be somebody else. Please don't, don't miss your day of visitation. This is your own moment. Thank you. God bless you. I want you to stand up where you are. I just want to know who I'm praying for. The two of you, just stand up where you are. Just stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. God bless you. I want you to place your hands on your chest. Just place it on your chest. And just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because you came here. You became man because of me. You went to the cross. You died. You were buried because of me. Today, I put my faith in you, and I accept your gift of salvation. Come into my life. Give me eternal life. Write my name in the book of life today. From today, I give you my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you because you've answered my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. You can have your seats. Please, after service, I want you to just make sure you write your name on the tear off portion of the bulletin and put it during the offering. Just put it there. We'll, we'll reach out to you by God's grace and we will pray for you. Father, thank you today because your word is quick. Your word is powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word can go to the deepest part of our heart. I pray this word will not return to you void. This word will not stand against us in the day of judgment. But this word will be a testimony. We alter the course of our life for good. And we be a fruit of righteousness. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen and amen.